Well, hey, welcome to the Move Church Forward podcast with Nick Newman. I'm your host, Nick Newman, and I'm so excited that you made the decision to tune in to our episode today on burnout. The Move Church Forward podcast is designed to help you overcome obstacles and move church forward. If you're enjoying this content, be sure to hit that like button, subscribe, comment, and share. We would love to hear about how God is making a difference in your life through this podcast. Now let's lean in as we experience all that God has for us today. So today, as we talk about burnout, um, I've experienced it multiple times in ministry and in leadership. I think it's something that happens pretty naturally to high-capacity, high-paced leaders. And I want to kind of go over some things that I've learned over the last 10 years of ministry when it comes to burnout. If you are taking notes today, which I would always encourage you to do, uh, as we talk about burnout, here's the first thing. Um, We never see a disciple burnout in Scripture. As I've been looking through the text and looking through scripture, uh, burnout has become a normal part of ministry in the world that we live in, but it wasn't a part of Jesus's culture. It wasn't a part of Jesus' time and even his process or his rhythms. I heard somebody say once that uh, Jesus was always in a hurry, but he was never busy. It's so true. When you look at the ministry of Jesus, he doesn't ever seem to be burnt out. He seems to enjoy what he does wholeheartedly. And a few years ago, I got to a place where um, I was reading through Matthew, and Jesus has the infamous passage of text, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And I remember reading that passage of text, and I just kind of chuckled out loud. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, right. The burden doesn't feel easy. This thing doesn't feel light. It feels weighty. It feels heavy. It feels exhausting. And at that point, I had to come to the conclusion that either Scripture is wrong, and Jesus' burden really is heavy, or methodically, I may be doing ministry wrong. And so as we look at Scripture, what we really see is that burnout, I believe, is a result of two things, typically. It's a result of disobedience and idolatry. Disobedience and idolatry. Normally, the reason why people burn out is that we have made ministry our God, and now ministry is no longer something we do out of the overflow of our relationship with God. It becomes the very thing we live, breathe, and serve for rather than operating out of a place as sons and daughters of God. Another thing that ministry is a result of is disobedience, or or I would say a lack of prioritization of our relationship with God. Many times when we see burnout, it comes from us not doing the things that we should have been doing the entire time. Maybe it was a decision to not take this door that God had opened, and because of that, you're no longer fruitful because it's not where God wants to place you. And now you have all of these feelings of burnout because you are not in the plan or the will of God. Burnout also comes as a result of being weighed down by carrying things that were never yours to carry. 
Now, pastor, church leader, I want to tell you uh, something that a friend of mine, Nikita Koloff, said to me years ago. We were sitting in an O'Charlie's, come on, eating some biscuits or some bread. And he looked at me and he said, Nick, Jesus died for the church. You don't have to. And I would say that many times in ministry, the reason why we feel burnt out is because we are carrying things that we were never designed to carry in the first place. So when we look in Scripture, we don't see burnout, which means that burnout is probably, one, we know it's not from God because burnout makes ministry heavy. It means we're exhausted. It robs us of joy and passion and purpose. So if it doesn't come from God, who does it come from? Well, obviously, burnout comes from the enemy. But I also think we have to be careful. And this is my second thought that I want to share with you today, is that we have to be careful of the language we use around burnout. Because typically, burnout now in 2022 has become somewhat a standard practice. It's become common language. It's something people talk about frequently. It's it's not something that... Uh, is a new concept. In fact, people have been talking about burnout for years. If you talk to people who used to attend church, they normally give you some sort of uh, slew of information with the tag end of, and I just got burnt out. But because burnout has become so much of common language, I think that burnout has most of the time become a cop-out for people who don't know how to explain what went wrong or don't know how to explain how they're feeling. Most people I don't think are burnt out at all, but they're simply regurgitating the language of the house for exhaustion. Have you ever experienced exhaustion before? Yeah. I mean, sometimes you get tired. There's times in ministry where I've been running and running and running and I get tired. But tired is different than burnout. But if I don't understand what me being tired looks like, then I might mislabel something burnout. And burnout has so many negative connotations with it. But, but I think sometimes, too, our labels for what we label things with matter. And so if we're just labeling this exhaustion we feel burnout, then you're never going to feel built up if you always tell yourself you're burnt out. So in ministry, we've got to be careful about the language we use around burnout. So I've tried to remove burnout from my language uh, here at Propel Church and just with leaders that I talk to, is burnout a possibility? Yes, it absolutely is a possibility. But just because it's a possibility doesn't mean it's my current reality. And so the language I use around burnout matters. For me, uh, I know what makes me feel exhausted. Now, I have a pretty hefty travel schedule, um, and, and I love it. Uh, in, in all honesty, some people would look at my travel schedule and they would say, man, that's exhausting. For me, it's not, it's not exhausting. Uh, I've also learned how many weekends in a row I can teach while still feeling refreshed and well. I can teach about eight times in a row without needing a weekend off. Now, for some, your capacity is higher. For some, your capacity is lower. And when I say eight weeks, I'm not talking about eight individual weekends. I'm talking about eight messages. I can prepare eight pieces of consistent content before I need a pause for just a moment, and then I can jump back into it. So 
uh, for me on a weekend that might look like. I'll teach the same message twice, which I would count that as one piece of content. Uh, But typically on Sunday nights, I teach another piece of leadership content to our church or teach somewhere else. If I'm teaching somewhere during the week, maybe like a first Wednesday, that's another piece of content. So you have to watch all of these things to identify what are the things that exhaust you. And once you learn those rhythms, you can properly label exhaustion, tiredness, and then find those ways to develop rest. And we'll kind of talk about that here at the end. The third thing that I would say as pastors and church leaders, and I'm telling you this because I struggle with it as well, is that your effort to prevent burnout can cause it in others. Your effort to prevent burnout can cause it in others. If you've never read the passage of text in Exodus chapter 18, uh, Moses is exhausted. And he's got a guy in his life, it's his father-in-law, Jethro, that comes to him and he just kind of proposes a question, why are you doing all this? At the time, Moses is the point person for all of the people who he's led out into captivity. He's trying to go spend time with God. He's trying to receive words. He's trying to get vision and direction. And yet every single problem comes to him. It's all bottlenecking at him. And the question that Jethro would propose to Moses is the same one that I would propose to you. Why are you doing all that? Why are you doing all the work in the church? And normally the answer comes, well, I just don't want to burn people out. But here's the truth. When Jethro gives his advice to Moses, he says that, hey, what you're doing will harm you and the people as well. When, when you and I don't delegate, when we don't give away responsibility and more than responsibility and task, really delegate authority, it doesn't just hurt us. No, our effort to prevent burnout in others will actually end up causing it because as a leader, you set the pace for your organization. So if you're exhausted, your people will be exhausted too. If you're bitter, your people will be bitter too. If you love strife, you have a church full of people who want to fight all the time. You set the pace for your organization. And so I would challenge you to say there's probably a lot of things in your ministry that could lead you to burnout, but are really things you could give away to other people. Don't prematurely give someone a no. That's been something that we... uh We've talked about as a team for years. I remember in the early days uh, of our church, we were portable. We were having conversations about people taking next steps in leadership. And we were sitting in a meeting one night and I was like, man, this leader would be perfect for that. And someone's response was, well, well, they have kids, they have this and that, that going on and they, they won't do it. And I looked across the table and said, we don't say no for people. We give them an opportunity to say no, because every time you say no for someone, you remove their ability to discern the will and the voice of God, and you also remove their ability to step into what God has for them. If it's a no, let it be their no. Don't prematurely give a no for other people. You create the opportunities, delegate responsibility, give away authority, help 
people walk in their purpose, and their purpose is to be connected and to thrive in the body of Christ. So don't just try and prevent burnout in people. Give them a chance. And the fourth thing is this. Model and teach healthy rhythms. If everything comes back to the leader at the top, if you aren't operating with healthy rhythms, your people won't either. Because you're called to be their shepherd. You're called to be their leader. And maybe you're not a senior pastor right now. Maybe you're just an maybe you're a number two, or maybe you're just somebody on a church staff. You still have significant influence. And if you're not seeing healthy rhythms, you don't wait till you see it. You're a pioneer and you create it. Create those healthy rhythms. So a couple healthy rhythms that I would recommend. Number one, you need a healthy rhythm of keeping the Sabbath. Keeping the Sabbath. Now, the Sabbath is where we set apart a day to refresh with God. Some people will teach theologically that we work to rest, right? And you grind out really hard on six days so that on day seven you can rest. Theologically, I just don't think that's, that's how rest works. If you look back in Genesis, we see that we don't work for rest. We work from it. Adam and Eve's first day is a day of rest, which means that rest is not something we earn. It's something we operate out of. So you need a healthy model of keeping the Sabbath. Uh, My Sabbath is Friday. I try and keep it as much as possible. But I look at Friday as the start of my week, not the end of my week. It's my reset button so that Saturday is really my day two, not my day six. And then I go into Sunday. Sunday is pretty much my midweek for that. Number two, healthy boundaries. need healthy boundaries. Now, I didn't say healthy barriers. The difference between a boundary and a barrier is that a boundary is designed to protect the call of God on your life, but a barrier is designed to keep people out. So pastors, I think you need healthy boundaries. I don't think you need barriers. And each person's boundaries are going to be different than other people, but healthy people have boundaries. There may be a time of night that you're done with your phone. It may be uh, like a boundary for me is date night. Tori, my wife and I, Tori, uh, we have every Thursday we have date night. And it's very rare that uh, something gets put on a Thursday. And in the event that it does, my assistant works to make sure that that still happens that week just on a different day. It's, It's a boundary for me. It's something that I'm intentionally doing to protect the call of God on my life. And the third third thing that I think you can model for your team is what it looks like to enjoy ministry. Enjoy it. Hey, pastor, if you're miserable, your team's going to be miserable. Enjoy ministry. What a privilege it is to partner with God in helping people meet Jesus. It's something we can find joy in. It's something we can take pride in. And I think one of the healthiest things we can do to avoid burnout is to remember problems are going to happen. But just because it's happening around me doesn't mean that I have to let it get in me. We can find joy in the midst of hardships and continue to enjoy the very God who called us, saved us, and redeemed us. Thanks so much for checking out this episode of the Move Church Forward podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit that like button, comment, subscribe, and share with a friend. I'll see you soon.